Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are going to be taking one last look at the NHL standings and giving you a pretty good picture of who has made the postseason uh, and which teams, of course, have definitely missed. And then closing us out, I want to talk a little bit about some reasons to be optimistic about the upcoming Jet season and reasons where some pessimism might start to creep into your line of thinking. All of this coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. As you can see from this video, we've got audio and video versions of the podcast, so you can take us wherever you want. Uh, whether you're on the go or you're at uh, at home, want to listen to us in the car, we've got the perfect solution for you. So give us a like, follow, and a subscription. It's super free. It keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. But most importantly, we just really thank you and love you uh, for all of the support that you give us. Thanks so much for making this a wonderful season. Um, and speaking of a wonderful season, I thought I would take a look at the, the NHL standings for the last time. Um, this is a little bit of a bittersweet one just because, unfortunately for the Jets, they, uh, <laughs> of course, they've missed the postseason, so not really the most ideal of uh, years for Jets fans. But if you like hockey, if you enjoy um, really fun offensive hockey, well, you actually did get to see some pretty crazy stuff this year. So running through the Eastern Conference, we have a couple of interesting names. Uh, this This conference for me feels like it's the most likely to have the Stanley Cup winner. I just feel like this field in particular, um, if you somehow make it all the way through and into the Stanley Cup Finals, I just feel like no one else is going to be able to touch you. Uh, from, the Metropolitan, uh, from the Metropolitan Division, we've got the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Rangers, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins. These three have been among the top teams in this division. I feel like the Metro was generally pretty good. Uh, even the bad teams in the Metro... Um, some of them had circumstances beyond their control. Uh, and then you've got like the caps in a wild card spot. They're actually a pretty decent team. Uh, there are some signs that maybe, you know, the, the, the caps are a little bit in trouble coming into this postseason. Uh, they definitely need a few extra saves and the offense has kind of sputtered a little bit recently, but obviously these are just the last few games of the year and Washington has already clinched a playoff spot. So are they super concerned about the performance? Probably not. I do think that they wouldn't mind getting a bump up somewhere into the third spot um, so they don't have to play uh, the Florida Panthers in round one. Speaking of the Panthers, uh, they sit atop the Atlantic Division. They have also clinched the President's Trophy with 122 standings points. What do you even say about this team? I mean, they have a 102-plus goal differential on the season. I don't know if anyone's actually even remotely close to that. No, no one else is. I mean, that's... <sighs> I don't really remember the last time that we had a team like this Panthers squad. Uh, it just feels like every every squad that Florida plays 
they utterly eviscerate. Uh, I know that you've had Tampa Bay do this to teams before, but I don't know that they've been at the same level of consistently just drubbing opponents, like six goals a game. I don't recall the last time I saw a squad this offensively prolific with such stout goaltending um, and a pretty reliable back end. Obviously, things aren't perfect, uh, but when you're outscoring your opponents um, by 102 goals cumulatively across the entire season, and the next closest team is at like 82 goals positive. Um, you, you, <laughs> calling you a Stanley Cup favorite is probably uh, a little bit of an understatement. I mean, this is maybe one of the best all-time NHL teams we've ever seen. It's just a monster squad. Everyone is contributing uh, up and down the lineup. I, I really don't know who is going to be able to stop them. But of course, when it comes to the playoffs, things often uh don't occur according to expectations. So we'll see if the Panthers can maintain their form um, and really pick things back up once the playoffs actually start and this team really sees action. In second and third place, we've got Toronto and Tampa Bay, respectively, both very good teams. Toronto is maybe a sleeper pick in this year's uh, playoff run just because um, you look at the Eastern Conference, right? And there are a couple of teams that are definitely very strong, but you've, you've kind of got like the Panthers uh, Carolina, and then everyone else. And I think Toronto is probably somewhere in the second or third best category in this division uh, or in this entire conference. And so um, I think people have slept on the Leafs a lot. I think that they do have some notable absences, mostly in net. I think that that's probably their biggest weakness. Uh, and occasionally, you know, the defense has had issues containing really talented goal scoring. But generally speaking, I mean, again, you're looking at a really strong team with a pretty well-balanced lineup. Uh, pretty strong offense. And I, I feel like this team, if they can avoid choking in the first round uh, like they have in the past, they've got a legitimate shot at doing some really big damage. I think the question is, after you get through the first couple of rounds, you're starting to face the Tampa Bays, the Floridas, the Carolinas. And can they make it through those teams? Not so sure on that one. I think it'd be difficult for anyone to get by the Panthers, let alone a team like Toronto that you know, honestly has struggled to find a real goaltender. I think that is still an absence for them and something that they are a little bit concerned about. Uh, the Caps definitely have a very similar situation. Washington is relying on Vitek Vanacek and uh, Ilya Samsonov. Samsonov has been pretty poor, in my opinion. Uh, Vanacek has been all right. You know, it's not like you're looking for um, stellar goaltending from either of these guys every night, but I think Vanacek he seemingly has, has got some fans thinking he might be the number one, so to speak, partly because Samsonov has been just very mediocre to poor at times. So we'll see who takes over the number one role, I guess, during the postseason. But yeah, haven't loved Samsonov, and I think he, for me, is one of the biggest issues with this Caps team. Um, Boston is in the other wild card spot. The Bruins have a very good record, but I, I do think that their relatively modest offensive output is going to be a problem. While they concede very few goals, it's just difficult to try and play a more defensive style, uh, especially against a conference that is so front-heavy and offensively gifted. If they go against a Panthers team or something, it's going to be a short, short trip for them. So they're looking to probably avoid any of the most dangerous squads. I think they are currently slated to get the Carolina Hurricanes, if I am not mistaken. That series might be a little bit closer if that is actually the playoff matchup that they've got. Uh, I forget exactly the structure here. But um, yeah, the Bruins, a quality team, but more than a round or two, probably not. In just a little bit, we'll take a look at the uh, Western Conference, which is a little bit more open-ended. This is a conference that has 
a very odd mixture of teams. And, and frankly, it's hard to say who, uh, aside from like one or two squads, you could consider favorites to do anything. Before we talk about that, though, I do want to shout out our wonderful partners at Built Bar. Summer's coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Everyone has a Built Bar, and you'll be fueled for your summer adventures. Now, if you've never had a Built Bar, they're a protein bar that's more like a candy bar, with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got a ton of great flavors, including puff flavors, uh, which, you know, a really nice, creamy interior. And they've got great puff flavors like banana cream pie and churro puff. I've had the churro puff. It's delicious. I, uh, I would say, though, that my personal favorite flavor has to be raspberry dark chocolate. I swear by this one. It's one of their most basic flavors. But I don't know why. It just seemingly ticks off every box. It's super simple, and it's delicious. Uh, if you really can't decide, though, and you want to figure out which bar might be your favorite flavor, be sure to check out the mix box, which comes with 12 flavors and can include Puffs flavors as well. So, yeah, the mix box, if you're new to Built Bar and you want to sample the whole lineup, give that a shot. As good as they taste, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So, you can enjoy all of the amazing flavor with none of the guilt. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking one final look at the NHL standings before sending this season more or less off. I think most teams only have one or two games left, and... Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Jets fans are pretty excited to see the back of this season go by the wayside. It's been a tough, tough year. The Jets are one of the few teams that has two games left. Um, so let's just get it over with and hope for the best. But, you know, we took a look at the uh, the Eastern Conference, and in just a moment, we're going to take a look at the Western Conference. Before we go any further, though, I just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, I highly recommend you check out our Locked On Now program, which gives you really distilled bite-sized uh, you know, news snippets, whether it's game recaps, uh, bite-sized analysis from our local team of experts, and all sorts of great news, trades, and rumors from around the NHL summarized for you on, on the Locked On Now podcast. You can find them on the same platforms that we're on, including YouTube. It's super great, super easy. Give them a free subscription and a like. They really appreciate your support, and so do I, because I've actually created stuff for Locked On Now. So give it a shot. You really can't miss out. Now, as far as the Jets uh, and the Western Conference are concerned, this has kind of been a strange year for the West. Um, I think pretty much across the board, the West is definitely considered the weaker of the two conferences, and it's it's not all that close. Uh, in the Central Division, you've probably got the strongest teams capable of going against the East. Uh, Colorado is one of the few teams that I think would genuinely scare a Florida Panthers squad. This this Avs team is so fast, just absolutely lethal, and they've got layers of offense that can really do damage. Now, I will say the goaltending and defense have been a little bit of a sore spot recently and something that I think Colorado is trying to figure out how to work around because, um, you know, their opponents don't really have those same issues on the eastern side. The Panthers might have a slightly more middling defense uh, compared to, I don't know, some of the most dominant squads in years past, but I think the Avs defense actually is a, a fair step below what um, the Panthers are using. So, yeah, I mean, this Avs team, they're a monster. I mean, the, again, just like the uh, like the Panthers, I mean, they've got so much goal-scoring talent up front, um, and I, I do think that they can be capable of doing tons of damage, especially off the rush, and on that power play with McKinnon, 
Rantanen, uh, Landeskog, just a really deep team. In second place, you've got Minnesota and right behind them, St. Louis. Now, these two teams, super interesting. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of the Blues. I think they're very good, but they are also at times a little bit inconsistent. Recently, though, they have turned up the heat and they are tearing opponents apart. Um, they've had some really, really exciting games against the Minnesota Wild, which I believe is their first round matchup. Um, so these two teams, they're going to square off. I, I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath in terms of scoring chances and goals against. These two teams are, are traditionally more defensively oriented, but I think with how uh, they are structured this year and with how they've played each other over the past couple of months, it's going to be a crazy, crazy series. And honestly, I think it's going to be a coin flip. I really couldn't tell you uh, who might emerge out of this matchup. But yeah, suffice it to say, I am very eager to see what happens. Um, in the Pacific, it's a little bit of a different uh, approach here. You've got Calgary, Edmonton, and Los Angeles. Now, Calgary of these three is definitely the strongest. The Flames are just a super well-balanced team. They are defensively dominant. Goaltending is extremely strong. Um, and while their offense maybe isn't on the level of like a Panther squad, it's really freaking good. Uh, this team is super underrated. I think that they have flown under the radar the entire year. Um, if the Flames can survive, uh, you know, some some early playoffs, you know, squabbles here and there, get through a team like I think I think they would actually be slated to play Nashville um, based on what I can see in the standings. So, yeah, I mean, the Flames, I think that they have potential to go deep. I don't know if they're going to get through a squad like Colorado, but if anyone has the defensive wherewithal to do it, it's probably the Flames. The Oilers and the Kings are mostly just there to have some fun. I don't think either. Uh, well, I guess the the Kings really didn't expect to be in the position that they are. the The Oilers have an expectation of playoffs, but um, yeah, I mean the Oilers have a lot of roster issues that they still haven't solved. So we'll see what they do. Maybe they make some noise. I don't know. Uh, I, I just don't really think much of the Pacific Division particularly worries anyone um, now that Vegas has been eliminated uh, and the Canucks are out of it too. There's just not really many teams. I mean, most of the Pacific was like San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle, Arizona. None of these teams, I think anyone was really expecting to do any damage. The only squad, if it made the postseason, that could be dangerous out of the Pacific other than Calgary would have been Vegas. So don't have to worry about that. Uh, in the wild cards, it's a complete central lockdown with Nashville and Dallas both making it. Um, the Stars... I don't really know what to make of Dallas. When I've watched them, they're fun, but very flawed. Uh, you can kind of see why they have a negative goal differential. Uh, up front, they definitely have some issues finishing the chances that they create. Um, and like the defense is pretty solid. It's not great, but it's solid. Uh, and I think Ottinger, he can make some really athletic saves, but he's still very raw in my mind. It seems like he slides around a lot. Uh, he can ver be very scrambly. And I don't know if that's going to be great in the postseason when a single mistake can really cost you the entire series. So we'll see how he handles the pressure. I mean, it's a lot of psychological um, weight to bear. The Preds, uh, I just feel like they're average. Um, they're a solid team, but I, I think, you know, the lack of really high-end goal-scoring ability with a solid defense and pretty darn good goaltending, it's just not enough to get through more than a round or two, I think. You know, they're going to face, what, maybe Calgary or something in the first round, 
which for them, I, I don't think really favors them. The Preds, you know, they're going to have issues containing this Flames power play uh, and just a really good defensive structure that's going to dampen any of the offensive output of the Preds. So, yeah, um, interesting playoff picture in the West. I think this is definitely the weakest conference, but I think there are a couple of teams here that could surprise people. We'll see if they get the chance to uh, actually get through Colorado or something and advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, for the Jets, I wanted to take some time giving some thoughts on reasons for optimism and reasons for pessimism. I want to go over those in just a little bit, but before we go any further, just wanted to say thanks to the wonderful folks at betonline.net. If you uh, have any interest in online betting, you've probably heard me talk about BetOnline before. I've used them before to bet online uh, or to bet on some like Bundesliga matches. And even though I'm an idiot and have no idea what I'm doing with online betting, BetOnline.net made it super easy and super approachable for a complete beginner like me. Uh, Most importantly, though, it's not just betting. They're your number one source for sports info as well. Um, You can find stats, uh, you know, the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, rumors. Uh, They've got, you know, basketball playoff brackets. They've got Major League Baseball news, um, as well as betting lines and stats. They really are your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. And if you're not into those major sports, they've got pretty much everything you can imagine. Hockey, European football, racing. I think they even have like horse racing or something, as well as Vegas casino games. So you really can't miss out. I mean, betonline.net has everything you need all on one very easy to use convenient website. To get started, go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the latest trends in action available right to you. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on reasons for optimism and reasons for pessimism on the upcoming 2022-23 Jets season. Uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about Winnipeg so far. I I think, you know, in terms of optimism, here's what I could see. We're going to have change. That is pretty much nailed on the wall. I think everyone knows it's coming. Um, And I think Winnipeg itself has sort of advertised uh, that this is going to be a pretty pivotal offseason with a number of staffing changes, which I think the Jets desperately need. Uh, it's been overdue, but, you know, I guess better late than never. Uh, Paul Maurice has already left, so that's obviously a bit of a chasm that they're going to have to fill. Um, Dave Lowry, I don't think, really was able to um, take this team where he wanted it to go. And so, you know, he'll have to be dealt with. But my guess is he probably goes back to being like an assistant coach or something, unless they really just le- you know let him depart, which I think would be kind of awkward considering they just extended his son uh, for multiple seasons. But that's a subject for another time. As far as other reasons, other reasons to be optimistic, I, I do hope that you know ownership and the front office recognize where the very clear, very clear problems are. And I think if the players are just in a bad mood and looking to make a statement next season we might see a refreshed team that's energetic and looking for uh, a change in direction and momentum. Um, I think they can really accomplish that by giving the kids a chance. Uh, and, and given that Sandberg has seemingly made the team, given that Heinola was given a brief run out, even if I feel like they still don't value him properly. And, you know, we also saw Cole Perfetti becoming a regular Morgan Barron looks like he might've seized a spot. There is reason to like some of the the direction of the, roster and the the lineup composition, but still a very long way to go. And I think that that remains um, one of the bigger sticking points with this team. But if they can kind of utilize the young kids, get them into the lineup, get them NHL game time so they can acclimate to this level of hockey, it can only be a a beneficial thing. 
Now, the reason that I still have reservations about next year is because uh, history with the Jets tends to repeat itself a lot. We've been through these cycles before. Um, we seemingly say, oh, this offseason is pivotal. Oh, this one is really pivotal. Oh, this is this is the summer of Chevy that's going to redefine the team. We've said it for like three or four years, and barring one, it's mostly been the same stuff. So, you know, is this going to be an offseason where we see the front office really get proactive and make changes? I think so. But, you know, with Winnipeg, you never really can tell. Sometimes they do stuff to try and cheap out. Sometimes they're a little bit hesitant to try and uh, really rock the boat. But I think this year, I think the mood and the attitude and the approach is going to be different. We'll see if that pans out, but I I do suspect that's going to be the case. Um, The other thing that I kind of worry about is if the Jets don't really recruit the right coaching staff or they only replace the head coach and they bring in somebody who's like a more established veteran coach. Uh, I do think NHL coaching experience is very important at times, but uh, in the case of the Jets, the guys that they might be linked to, I would not be super eager unless it's like a Bruce Boudreau type, somebody who can bring um, really good culture change and be a fiery presence on the bench. Otherwise, I'm just not interested. If we get like Elaine Vigneault or something, I'm just not down with that. Uh, I I think we need a coach that has a more proven track record in actually being open-minded and, you know, pursuing active, aggressive hockey. I think that that is, for me, one of the biggest things. And if they can also bring with them a really good assistant coaching staff, that's what I want to see. I don't want this kind of middle of the road nonsense that the Jets have been piddling around with for years. Uh, You know, this team and the fan base frankly deserve better. And I think the front office is aware of that. We'll see if they actually give us this, you know, what we're asking for um, this offseason. I, I, I want to be optimistic. I really do. But I, I just feel like there's stuff that, uh, you know, are traditionally red flags with this team. We'll see if uh, I end up get proven wrong. I, I would like to be proven wrong. I would like to have the Jets just kind of um, really hit it out of the park this offseason. I think that that would be awesome. But, uh, you know, history <laughs> with humanity tends to be very cyclical. And that is certainly true of the Jets. So let's hope they prove me wrong and give us something super cool uh, to look forward to next season. Uh, be sure to tell me um, what you want the Jets to do at HL Living Local and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Uh, or if you're on YouTube, you know, tell me in the comments, what do you think Winnipeg's next step should be? Uh, are you looking for a new GM, maybe a new ownership team? Uh, what do you think Winnipeg should do to try and really change the direction of this team? Or do you think it even needs to be changed? Do you think uh, just time and patience are going to be rewarding enough? Let me know again uh, at my Twitter handles or on YouTube. Uh, But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for listening. And, uh, you know, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Before you log off, don't forget to check out Locked On NHL. It's our best podcast for collecting all of the hottest action from around the league, including game recaps, news, and analysis from our expert team of panelists, all brought to you each day at Locked On NHL. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. Uh, And, you know, we always appreciate you giving our support. So thanks so much. Have a great night and go Jets go.